Good morning and welcome to worship here at Naples United Church of Christ in Naples, Florida. My name is Dawson Taylor and I have the privilege of serving as senior minister. And no matter how it is that you are joining us, if it is Facebook Live, live stream, or if you've downloaded our audio podcast, we are blessed by your presence this morning. I'm excited to let you know that our Minister for Congregational Care, Reverend Dr. Deb Kaiser-Cross, is back from time with her family, but in the abundance of caution, she is self-quarantining, and so she is not with us in worship, but she is back in her role, and so we are grateful to have her back safely. And so, Deb, I know you're watching this morning, and we are grateful to have you back with us. Of course, after worship, as is our new custom, we will be having our virtual gathering place. There was a button in your Saturday night e-blast that you can simply click after worship and it will take you immediately to that gathering place. However, if you did not receive that email or if you have trouble with it, feel free to give us a call here at the church at 239 261 5469 and one of our staff will be glad to help you and resend a link to you or help you maneuver any problems that you might have. We'll need your name, your phone number and your email address just to verify that we're sending it to the right place. On this Communion Sunday, I want to say words of special gratitude to our Board of Mission and Outreach, as well as our Board of Deacons, who made it possible to continue with our Cans for Communion that benefit and support the work of Grace Place Food Pantry, and who made it possible for those who wanted to receive communion elements that we'll use today in worship which is a great time to mention that you might want to go ahead and gather those communion elements, either if you pick some up at the church on Friday morning, or if you're going to get some for yourselves, we want to make sure that later in the service, when it's time for communion, you have communion elements ready. Also, I want to announce a, a new program that I'm beginning this Thursday. It will be a monthly program. We'll gather this Thursday at 10 a.m. virtually, for a new program that I'm calling Dialogue with Dawson. This will simply be an opportunity for about an hour from 10 to 11 for you to gather with me via live stream. And it'll be an opportunity to ask questions. I'll be offering some thoughts about where we are as a church in the middle of this pandemic, about our plans for the future. And again, you'll be able to offer questions. I uh, wanna invite you to be again, looking for the Wednesday e-blast this week. And there will be a link that you can click. There will be a button that you can click. And I hope that you'll join me on Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Dialogue with Dawson. Come with your questions, come ready to hear about our plans for the future, and I'll look forward to our time together. Also, today, our postlude is another video, virtual video choir that we are offering, and it's a wonderful rendition of the Lord bless you and keep you that I hope that you will stay tuned following worship to hear. You'll recognize every face in the video, and they literally are from across the country, and I'm grateful for our choir and the friends of the choir who took time to make sure that they participated 
and I'm grateful to Dr. Becky Weiss-Rump for being the genius behind this and, and continuing to offer these gifts to us. This will be a video that runs as our postlude each week in August, and uh, it's really special. And so I hope that you'll stay tuned for our postlude following worship today. Indeed, as a growing congregation, let us center our hearts and our minds as we prepare for worship this morning. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak through me or in spite of me but that above all else we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us. And so we trust and we ask all of this in your many names. Amen. This past Thursday, our executive minister, Reverend Dr. David Kaiser Cross, turned 65 years old. Because of the pandemic and social distancing, I was unable to really embarrass, I mean celebrate him the way that I would want. The staff has traditions around celebrating birthdays, but those have really had to take a back seat while we work remotely. The best I could do was a fun picture of the two of us on my social media and some funny cards that I think are still in my office, but I will get them to you. <laughs> One of the many things that David and I share in our ministry and friendship is our mutual love and appreciation for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We believe that this one item can provide nourishment for body, mind, and spirit on whole wheat bread. If you're feeling a little depressed or lonely or just need a snack before church council, or if you're grabbing lunch between meetings, nothing can satisfy the hunger of the body or lift your spirit like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on whole wheat bread. It is a complete meal all in one. The peanuts and the whole wheat bread have the protein and amino acids that the body needs. And the fruit and the jelly provide everything from that food group. David insists that I'm too old and have too much responsibility to drink grape Kool-Aid like I did when I was a child. So I try to follow his advice as often as I can. Meals fill our stomach and reveal our identity, don't they? The food that we prepare can fix or strengthen a relationship. For example, you might have a cake and some candles, but it's not really a birthday cake unless you have people to share it with, is it? You have to be pretty close to someone before you'll share an ice cream cone with them. And it's not really a potluck unless everyone brings a dish to share. 
In the Bible, offering food is a way to heal differences or to honor someone. Remember when the prodigal child returns home, how their parent ordered a big feast to be served and to celebrate their return. And after the resurrection, the breakfast of bread and fish that Jesus shared with the disciples by the Sea of Galilee was a meal of reconciliation with Peter and the others who had denied Jesus. In the English language, in some cultures, the word bread is synonymous with food. In other parts of the world, that's not the case. For example, in Eastern Asia, when you say food, people automatically think of rice. In Malaysia, the same applies to sweet potatoes. For each and every culture, there is a staple of life. For most, it's bread. It's the basic thing that you need to stay alive. But all of these words, bread, rice, sweet potatoes, I believe also refer to the emotional and spiritual basics that keep us alive. The people, the community, the love, the support that we need to know that we and who we are have been created in the one whom we call God. I mean, isn't that one of the reasons that this pandemic is so emotionally charged and challenging? It has physically distanced us one from the other. A simple hug or a kiss on the cheek can threaten your physical safety. Sharing a meal becomes a strategic decision like sending a fleet into battle. And I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a school administrator today making decisions that weigh the safety and the needs of teachers and school workers with the social and emotional and educational needs of our students. However, I do think if we did more praying and less criticizing, it might be helpful to them as well. Bread is the biblical metaphor because that was the staple, the basic bottom line food source of Jesus's day. If Jesus had been from Malaysia, it would have been sweet potatoes and communion would be a lot messier. Throughout the gospels, food always has a double meaning. Jesus frequently spoke of eating and drinking in connection with the satisfaction of spiritual needs. When Jesus talked about fish and bread, there was always special significance to his remarks. Having faith in God provides us with the ability to see not only the physical things of life, but also the spiritual 
the Judeo-Christian understanding of life is that we do not live by bread alone, but we rely on the sustenance of God's word and our beloved community. That's why Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. So as we look at the story of the miraculous feeding of the multitude, if we are to gain some insight into a deeper meaning of the story, we must look beyond physical hunger that was satisfied that day and examine the spiritual aspects of the story. Here is the setting. Jesus receives the news that John the Baptist has been executed by King Herod. Saddened at the death of his cousin, Jesus sets off with his disciples to find solitude, a place where he can be alone with his grief. But Jesus is also at the height of his popularity. A large group of people are following him, and a large group always shows up wherever he is. So instead of the solitude, Jesus is faced with still more people in need of healing. And Jesus cannot observe human suffering and do nothing. Jesus was so determined to heal as many people as he could that day that he lost track of time. And so his disciples came to offer a helpful reminder, Jesus, it's way past dinner time. You need to send these people home so that they can get something to eat. Send them away so that they can get what they need. This sounds distressingly similar to so many of the ills of the world today. A few years ago, there was an article in the Christian Century about the problem of homelessness in America. It was a lengthy article discussing every possible aspect of the problem. And in this lengthy article, the extensive examination of a serious problem in a Christian publication never once mentioned the church and what it could do to help. Homelessness? Send them away, Jesus. But Jesus comes back with a rather strong rebuke. No, you give them something to eat. You take care of their needs. And despite the protests of his followers that they just didn't have enough, Jesus takes what they do have. Five loaves and two fish. Jesus blesses it and breaks it and gives it back to them. And it is enough. That's why each time we gather at this table, we ask God to bless what we have brought 
we break it. And then we share it. In our exhaustion, confusion, fear, and uncertainty that life brings, I believe that we are constantly worrying that what we have is not enough. That what we offer is not enough. That who we are is not enough. And Jesus says, bring me what you have. Jesus blesses what we offer. And then as we look and as we watch it being distributed, we begin to realize that it is more than enough. that we are more than enough.